The Veterans Benefits Administration has had a tough time implementing provisions of the Forever GI Bill. Some of these problems have been well documented. The bill in part provides housing stipends for veterans who go on to continue their educations. The issue prompted the VA Office of Inspector General to summarize the problems and how VBA is actually on the mend in a new type of product called an issue statement. I spoke with IG Michael Missel about it. We're always looking for opportunities to be even more transparent about our work. We'd received a lot of requests from members of Congress asking information about the Forever GI Bill housing allowance issue, and we responded to them. But we thought the public also was entitled to know about it, so we put together an issue statement uh, to provide this information about what happened with the uh, housing allowance issue. Yes, because sometimes the media reports are a little bit hysterical, perhaps, or sensational. And also, they're sometimes driven by interest groups in these things. And so it's difficult to get to what the essential facts are. And that's that's behind all of the work that we publish. We want to make sure we get it right and we want to be fair. And this issue statement meets those two goals. So let's get to the issue itself. What this, these provisions of the Forever GI Bill had to be First of all, what did they provide that was not there earlier? So just a little background. Uh, This is actually the 75th anniversary of the GI Bill, which provided education, housing, and other allowances uh, for veterans. It was one of the the seminal uh, acts uh, helping veterans. The Forever GI Bill changed a couple of things. First of all, it eliminated the need to use the education benefits within 15 years. And then the second thing it did, which is the focus of this report is to change the housing allowance so that it determined that the housing allowance was where the veteran received the education as opposed to the main uh, building or the main campus of the education facility. And what we found is that VA needed to do essentially an IT switch to switch over from the main campus of, of the facility to where the veteran was getting most of the classes. And VA wasn't able to do it. They didn't meet the deadline. And as a result, veterans didn't get the housing allowance that they deserved. Yes, and wrong information went out to them as a result, too, which kind of hurt VA's credibility, even as it was trying to comply in the background. That's correct. There was a lot of information out there. Uh, They were getting the the wrong uh, stipend in some situations. And so that's why we felt it was important to get to the bottom of it to find out exactly why they didn't meet the deadline they had and to get it right. This is kind of a common occurrence in government where the Congress makes a well-intentioned provision, a change in a law, but to convert that into software code, that is the holy grail that I guess not too many agencies are really all that good at. And that's an issue VA has had for a number of years. Uh, we have had a number of reports and, and have current projects focus on that. Because IT is so critical uh, for the efficiency and economies of any agency, including VA. And so they hired a contractor, Booz Allen, to do the programming, and then things didn't go all that well. That's correct. What we found was that there were basically several different work streams going on in parallel and that they weren't coordinating it. And when they finally put it all together, they realized it just wasn't going to work And so they had to essentially go back to the drawing board and start all over again. And that's really not so much a technical issue, it sounds like, as a managerial approach issue. And that's what we found, that the uh, communication among the different work groups wasn't good. And one of the things VA has now uh, done is they've uh, put the new undersecretary for benefits who wasn't there at the time in charge so that you have 
one official in charge to make sure everything is properly coordinated. We're speaking with Michael Missel, the Veterans Affairs Department's Inspector General, and so that would have been Paul Lawrence, and then he, in turn, hired an outside consultant to overlook the contractors and the whole program, and they found that there were some pretty important steps that needed to be taken. That's correct, and they're still not done, um, but uh, they say they should be done later on this year. And the issue of having someone senior that is accountable for that project, the one person, the go-to, the belly button to push, as they say in the military, that was lacking in this project. That's correct. And have they corrected that yet? Yes. So Paul Lawrence is now the official in charge. um, And so he's responsible. And I know he spends a lot of time working through this issue. And the system involved, was this one of these classic legacy systems where there's a lot of coding that has to be done and it's an old code? I mean, is that one of these, is, it, is this an example of that? This is uh, one of VA's legacy systems. VA has a number of legacy systems. Uh, in fact, uh, they have literally hundreds of different systems, um, all of which uh, likely need to be upgraded. And do they have the in-house capability of doing that coding, or do they have to rely on contractors every time there's a change in the law and therefore in the requirements of the program? They do have a large IT department uh, that does work on coding. Uh, but there are situations where they do bring in outside contractors to assist. Yeah, in this case, I mean, is the contractor to blame here or were they simply caught in the same situation where, as you say, all these parallel efforts were going on and they were just fulfilling the requirements at the ground level as they received them? I think there was a lot of finger pointing going on here. Uh, The contractor said that they didn't get the information and the the accurate information that they needed to do their work, uh, while VA staff said, no, they gave it to them and they just didn't do their job. So at this point, it looks like the management is on track of this, but there's no results yet, really, that we can see whether the project is done. That's correct. And I know Congress is is focused on this and uh, looking forward to getting this right because this affects thousands of veterans. And how are they dealing with the requirements of the law for actually getting the benefits to veterans? Are they doing it, calculating it by hand? No, they're doing the old way. So they're maintaining the old housing allowance Uh, But it's going to change given uh, how Congress uh, changed the standard here. So at some point, there's going to have to be a true up. And those veterans who didn't get what they deserve uh, need to get the uh, funds paid to them. So there's a future financial liability here that is really the extent of which is probably not known accurately. That's correct. I don't believe I've seen any estimate of what they believe uh, the shortfall is. Yeah. Do we know the order of magnitude? Is it millions, hundreds of thousands, billions? Or <laughs> It'd be hard to speculate at this time, but it's, it's going to be a significant amount of money. So it's something that the appropriators will have to take into account. It may be a minor amount of money in the context of the giant VA, but for those veterans and for the perception that VA is taking care of people under the law, it's an important sum. Absolutely. So they're going to have to deal with the funding later on. All right, let's move on to information technology issues. And these are pure audits that you did. And I read the FISMA audit results, and it looks as if you were really overseeing or reviewing the work done by an auditor on the ground to look at VA's FISMA compliance, Federal Information Security Management Act as amended audit. Clifton Larson Allen, an accounting firm, looked at all of this. And so was your work to look at it again or to look at the work that uh, Clifton Larson Allen did? Well, they are our auditors for this situation. Uh, We retain them to do the work. They have the expertise. Um, Information security is a high-risk area for the government. And Congress passed uh, FISMA, which is the Federal Information Security Modernization Act of 2014, 
to strengthen federal information securities programs and practices. So we looked to see uh, how VA was doing with respect to that and hired uh, CLA Clifton Larson Allen to take a look at it and do an audit. And then we published their work. Yeah. And I hate to put it bluntly, but it looks like they overturned a rock here. Yes. And this is not a surprise. Uh, we also audit VA's financial statements and we have found um, a uh, material weakness in their IT security um, and have so for years. And so this just, uh, once again, reinforces and confirms the, uh, the security weaknesses that we found before. So the security weaknesses then would cover their financial systems, and it might also cover the systems we spoke about earlier, which was you know, the VA, uh, the Forever GI Bill systems that deliver those benefits, and I guess maybe some of the medical benefits. Correct. And let's talk about the management aspect and the compliance aspect of this because you have to have inventories, you have to know what it is you're looking at, and you have to have a risk management framework. How does VA stack up in, in those regards? It doesn't do very well. Uh, VA uh, has a decentralized system, um, and as a result, it's really hard to get a handle on uh, where they are. I also would mention uh, that their chief information officer did not have a confirmed person uh, for several years. And again, when you have people in an acting position, uh, that doesn't promote uh, really strong management. These are well-intentioned people, but they don't have the authority and they don't know how long they're going to be in the job. So it's, uh, you have uh, uh, frozen decision-making uh, and you just don't have a vision of where you want to be. You're basically a caretaker. And given where IT is and given the challenges VA, VA has, Having a caretaker in that position is, is very, very difficult. But they are past that particular situation. They are. They now have a confirmed uh, CIO. And is there evidence that they accept the advice to get their framework trued up, to get their inventories understood better so that they at least have a way of approaching their risk management that's, that's based on data? We had a number of recommendations on how they can improve uh, their practices and processes, uh, and VA is working to implement those recommendations. And then on the cybersecurity itself, the technical aspects of all of this, the controls you have to have in place, that wasn't all that great either. That's correct. That's yet another area uh, where VA is lacking um, and has been for some time. And the new CIO has someone designated to be the belly button on that one also, or is it the CIO? It's the CIO that's uh, responsible for uh, all the IT systems. And I know uh, he's working hard. He's relatively new on the job uh, to really learn the systems and uh, uh, put in place uh, improvements across the board. Yeah, a lot of people new on the job there, including the secretary, relatively speaking. And it would seem that responsibility and caretaking for cyber does, in fact, I think under the law and in good practice, go up to the secretary. And Lord knows Mr. Wilkie's got... He's like a man standing in a hornet's nest, and which ones do you swat at first? But is this something that seems to be getting the attention it needs at that level? I think it does, and I think our reports really do help highlight uh, some of the issues that VA needs to work on. Okay, and data center consolidation, which has been policy in the federal government under two administ well, actually under every administration, but stated as such under the last two and then uh, I think there was one in the Clinton administration. There was one in the Reagan administration, believe it or not. And VA had goals set by OMB 
but it set its own goals, which were somewhat below the goals for consolidation and savings that OMB had set. What's going on there? That's correct. So in this one, uh, the Federal Information Technology Acquisition Reform Act was passed in 2014. And in essence, what it does is it really focuses on data center consolidation. And a data center is defined as any room with a server that's providing service. So you can have lots of data centers as VA does. They have well over a thousand different data centers, uh, given that they have servers all across the country. And what this law did is it, it promoted the agencies to ensure that they were using efficiencies and that they were being effective or putting in effective systems. And so OMB came up with some guidelines, but VA uh, came up with lower uh, uh, targets to shoot for. Um, and so we identified that uh, they didn't meet the OMB guidelines here. Did they meet their own guidelines? Uh, it didn't appear to be that they met those either. And this is an area VA needs to do a lot of work in. We are speaking with Veterans Affairs Inspector General Michael Missile. Well, I guess you have to know what you have before you can consolidate it. And your report found that maybe 860 data centers were not even reported to OMB. Now, that's, clearly, these weren't giant rooms, but they qualified as data centers. That's correct. Again, that's another issue we find um, at VA. A lot of times they don't even know what they have. They're so large. They're so decentralized. Uh, and their controls aren't as strong as they should be. So we found in this situation, uh, there were literally hundreds of data centers uh, that VA wasn't aware of, so they didn't report them to OMB. And the savings goal set by the Office of Management and Budget, $85.35 million. I mean, that's a not really a very big number in terms of what VA spends on IT, let alone what VA spends. But do we know, how do we know that the OMB figures were realistic? It's OMB's decision. We didn't look uh, to uh, check how they came up with the number, but when OMB puts out uh, a target that they want hit, um, you know, that's something that we judge VA against, and VA didn't meet that uh, goal. And what did the VA officials say about all of this? They said they're working hard at it, and uh, we again made recommendations so that they can uh, improve uh, the processes in this area. And this might be a little bit outside of the audit report, but as they work on this new health record system, could that be a factor in them being reluctant to close data centers because some of them that might house the existing system that they need to keep running while they develop the new system? Well, that's a, that's a real big issue. Uh, the new electronic health records management system is at least a $16 billion project that uh, VA projects is going to take about 10 years to implement. And one of the things they're going to need to do as they're converting from their previous electronic health record system, the VISTA system, is they're going to have to build out all the infrastructure. And that's why they're going to have to know what they have and know whether or not they're going to be able to make it compatible with the new electronic health record system. And so that's why reports like this are so important because it really highlights the controls and the processes and the management that they need to run effective data center systems. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, VA is like Homeland Security. You've got all these different components, but at some level, it has to gel into a comprehensible unity so that as you develop one system, you know what resources are you have to run it on and so on. It sounds like after all these years, they're still rather splintered. They still have a fairly decentralized system in a lot of different ways. Um, and one of the things uh, we as the OIG focus on are governance. 
and are they properly structured to govern in the most effective way? So many of our reports do focus on governance issues. And I imagine as your auditors look into the details and talk to the people involved, you're not talking to people that don't care. You're not talking to idiots. You're talking to well-intentioned, in many ways, highly competent people. But it seems to add up to something that just doesn't quite cohere. It's so complicated, so large, that you really need everything to be aligned and everything to work perfectly. And if there's a disruption, interruption in it, whether it's by an individual, whether it's by a system, whether it's by a process, that could have huge collateral consequences. That's why we're really focused on making sure the system is as well-functioning and smooth as possible. Yeah, I guess one of the ingredients that could help that would be managerial continuity, and not just at the secretarial level, but at the component level and even at the at the GS-15 and SES level. That's correct. And and what we've seen is, aside from the very senior people, uh, there's there's been lots of turnover uh, at the presidentially appointed Senate confirmed level. Even you take two, three levels, four levels down, there's a lot of new people in those positions who, aside from doing their job, they have to learn what it is and focus on the policies, processes, and institutional knowledge. And you are now three years in the job as inspector general, but it sounds like uh, even though there's been a lot of things to talk about, including medical center failures and so on, that you as the IG are getting the cooperation, documentation, and information data that you need to do the audits and the different reports. Yes, we find uh, the VA staff from the secretary on down Uh, is highly cooperative with our work um, and highly supportive of what we're doing because we share the same goal. What we're all trying to do is get the best benefits and services for veterans, and people are working very hard to achieve that. Michael Missel is the Inspector General of the Veterans Affairs Department. Listen to the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.